This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Okay, it is Space Week here on the show. Of course, it's the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing. Let's take a look back at the historic mission now and a look ahead to the future, including possibly... Going back to the moon, my guest is Brian Odom. He is a NASA historian. Brian, thanks for coming on. Hey, thank you for having me. Hey, Brian, this is obviously an exciting week for you. I mean, we see these anniversaries, they come and go, the the Apollo 11 moon landing. But man, the, the 50th anniversary, this one I think has really caught the public's attention this time. Yeah, this one is a little bit different. I mean, you know, we always, uh, you know, celebrate any major accomplishment. I mean, you know, we have the Hubble, you know, 25th anniversary a while back, and it got people's attention, but this is something uh, on a completely different level. How old are you, Brian? Do you remember the moon landing, or are you too well, young? <laughs> I'm 41, yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. I got one up on you then, because I was seven years old when the moon landing uh, happened, and I remember watching it with my dad, and we were all just, just amazed. Um when you look back at that 50 years ago, in, in the run-up to the moon landing, I, I, everyone remembers President Kennedy making the commitment before the 1960s were out to get this done. Was there any, uh, looking back as an historian, was there any pessimism in the, in the wind back then? That Was this even possible to do? Well, I think so. I think, you know, even Kennedy himself, you know, from time to time when he came back to the, you know, to the, is this something we can do? He really, you know, did return to the NASA administrator, you know, Jim Webb, and he says, you know, look, Webb, we're, you know, we're spending a lot of money on this. Is this something we still think we could do? So even the guy at the top who had the dream, you know, he still questioned it. You know, in, in 1961, when Kennedy was asking, you know, we're going to go back, we're going to go to the moon, right? So this is a major accomplishment. It's going to be a, a huge thing. But is this even possible? And people in the workforce here, you know, those technologies that they were going to have to invent, you know, the internal, the guidance computer up at Draper Labs, you know, in, in Massachusetts, was this something that they could accomplish? I mean, the, you know, the engines themselves, those F1s, they're, they're huge, massive engines, and they had these, you know, tons of problems and challenges all throughout. So, yeah, I think there was a lot of skepticism, but it was one of these things where, you know, you've got the commitment from the president, and you've got those resources that they're being put into the program. So, you know, it's really just a matter of following through and doing what you got to do. Looking back on it now, 50 years later, as an historian, Brian, what, what would you say is kind of the historic significance of the events 50 years ago this week? Yeah, well, it's, you know, I think it means a little something for every, different for everyone. But, I mean, for me personally, looking at it the way I have, you know, I have the privilege to do is it's, you know, it's an accomplishment that, you know, for humanity. It's something that people had kind of dreamed about with science fiction, you know, Jules Verne talking about, you know, firing out of a cannon and going to the moon, you know, and, and that's kind of how far along that was. And even in the 1940s, people, it was still science fiction. In the 1950s, it kind of became a reality with things like Sputnik, uh, you know, and eventually Yuri Gagarin, and, and we kind of get the ball rolling from there. But, you know, it was just, it's such a, it was such a incredible thing. It was in, in the context of the Cold War that, you know, these things took on different meanings that are sometimes lost today. And, you know, from yeah. Kennedy's perspective, again, it was something that he didn't lose because he understood, you know, international prestige in the Cold War was, was one of the primary factors here. So, you know, looking at all those different contexts is just really interesting. Yeah, I know it's fascinating to look back at the, the 1960s in general as such a, a turbulent period and kind of domestic history for the United States, but also around the world, like you mentioned with the Cold War and everything. I, I wonder if looking back 
at at the time, was there anyone saying like, why are we doing this? Couldn't we spend the money better on something else? Exactly. I mean, you know, like just as you mentioned, the civil rights movement that was unfolding, you know, throughout that entire decade, the Vietnam War, you know, yeah. was something that uh, where the Cold War could become hot at any moment. And it was just, you know, no one knew what the next day was going to be, uh, you know, after Kennedy's assassinated in, in November of 63, Johnson, you know, President Lyndon Johnson then turns a lot of the attention from after the Civil Rights Act to the war on poverty. So, you know, and I think that really comes to a head at the, the launch of Apollo uh, 11, where, you know, the Poor People's Campaign under the, you know, uh, Ralph Abernathy, you know, they meet at the Cape and to really protest what, you know, this is something that, you know, maybe we could do something if, you know, can't these funds be used for something else? But yeah. I think ultimately it's the idea that, you know, it, it's moments like Apollo 11 that really make us understand, you know, the how, what we can achieve. And that began to be tied up in people's minds that, you know, if we can do this, you know, in the old cliche, right, if we can land a man on the moon, why can't we A, B, C, D? Yeah. It, it, it's almost a conflict of ideologies where you can think at one time there's nothing we can accomplish. So if there are problems, why are they still there? But I think we understand that the, uh, the you know, what that program did for America was gave it, you know, a reason to hope. And really, and really the world, as you say, because, you know, the Cold War was a global conflict in every corner. You know, South Africa, you know, in African nations that had become independent uh, in Southeast Asia, na- nations that were new, young nations, and what trajectories they would take. So all these things were still unfolding within that context. So it was a very incredible and important yeah. time. Looking back at the moon landing with NASA historian Brian Odom. Hey, Brian, let's look a little forward now. Do you think uh, we'll go back to the moon? I do, without a doubt. The plan is right now uh, we're going to go put human beings back on the moon uh, in 2024, the first first woman and the first man. Uh, right now we're building the launch vehicle for that here at NASA. It's the uh, Space Launch System, or SLS, which is a, you know the next big deep space exploration vehicle. We're going to go not alone because I think the world, you know, kind of what we talked about, the world of Apollo isn't the world of today. If we're going to go do these things, if we're going to go back to the moon and then on to Mars and explore deep space, it's going to take everybody. It's going to take, you know, national commitments. I mean, I know, you know, the Canadian uh, government has already, you know, in the Canadian relationship with NASA over the years, I don't have to tell you, I mean, it's just been incredibly important. Back during the Apollo program, space shuttle, you know, the Canadian arm, the International Space Station, all the astronauts that have come through this program from Canada, you know, so it's a, you know, that's what it's going to take to do these things. Nash, international commitments, private industry. You know, we talk a lot about what the work that SpaceX and Blue Origin are doing now. And it's going to take all of that because these things are incredibly challenging. Space travel hasn't gotten easy over the years. You know, new technologies have come along that have revolutionized this, but nothing's still easy about it. It takes these big commitments from everyone. Yeah, I think it's going to happen, too, and I think it will be an international effort as well, for sure. And it's really exciting when you think about it. Like, some people might think, well, we've already sort of been there, done that. Why would you want to go back? But haven't they discovered water on the moon? And does that make it possible to maybe set up a habitat there and, and keep, like, almost maybe even a, a, a permanent uh, presence there? That's exactly right. There's so much we don't know about the moon. We, when we went to the moon during the Apollo program, we covered a very small area. Now we're going to go back to the lunar south pole, a place where they have discovered the, you know, the located hydrogen cells. So, I mean, you're thinking about, hmm, so there's, there's these, you know, could be is frozen, you know, frozen water on the planet. 
if we're going to go back to the moon too, it's going to be a sustainable presence. We've got to mine the resources there in sight and then move on to Mars. So, you know, there's things like helium three, you know, like if we, if we could tap into a resource like helium three on the moon, we could revolutionize the way we produce energy back here on earth. So going back to the moon has a, has the incredible potential to really revolutionize the way not only we think about deep space exploration, but trade-offs and spin-offs back here to Earth that might, you know, really get, be game changers. I mean, you think about the technological paradigm shift that happens with Apollo, where you enter that with one set of technology and miniaturization, solid-state computers, and just the major breakthroughs that happen to, to support that program. If we have to go to Mars, imagine how challenging that's going to be and what some of those spinoffs might be, things we can't even imagine today that, you know, 30 years from now we won't be able to live without. Brian, it's exciting stuff, man. Thanks a lot for coming on to talk about it today. Hey, you got it. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. All right, that is Brian Odom. He's an historian at NASA's Marshall Space Flight Center, part of our Space Week here on the show, looking back at the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon mission.